following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The intentional foul is back after a week on hiatus, and I don't know if we're going to have enough material to now carry this for a week-to-week with things kind of getting back. At least that's what we thought with baseball, Mm -hmm. and now who the hell knows what's going to happen. Yeah. it's. uh, Thanks for coming, everybody. It's been weird. It's it's been weird for four months, and it's continues to be weird. He's Dan. I'm Josh. Welcome. Thank you for downloading and uh, listening in. As you may do, obviously hit the subscribe button when and where podcasts are found. And please tell your friends. Coming up on the program tonight, we've got baseball is back for how long? Who the hell knows? Uh, the NBA starts this week and things look to be good there in a couple of NFL notes and more college conferences are saying no sports. So we will run down all of that. This portion of the program is brought to you unofficially by... Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> by Natterdays. Nice uh, strawberry lemonade beer made by Natural Light. Tasty. I, ho- I hope you enjoy yours. I, I will. Got I, your can of Coke Well, right yeah, now. I already had that going, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll dig into <laughs> that right. here in a little bit. Very good. All right, so we're... Uh, we're doing this right now on a Monday evening while well, the Brewers are in Pittsburgh. Second series. Just hit a rain delay, too. Yes, yeah. because it always seems to rain in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a good point while we were uh, just watching there. Like, have rain delays been figured? Like, I don't know what the clubhouse rules are for protocols and stuff of what spacing, but where do you, like, are you sitting in, like, we're, we've been down in the Miller Park Tunnels. Mm-hmm. Are guys just going to have to randomly sit in there to space out if everybody's got to go inside? Yeah, I don't know. At I, the same time? I mean, Sophia um, <laughs> was given a report uh, just a few minutes before uh-huh. you got here talking about councils pretty concerned about that um, because the visiting clubhouse is typically going to be a smaller area than the home team clubhouse. Right. So he's like, you know, we can't really jam 30 people plus all the clubhouse people into this area we could be you could be in there two three hours you don't know um because unless it's like a monsoon that's gonna last overnight they're gonna have to finish these games right or at least get to the the five inning mark where they can call it a legal game so because they're playing 60 games in 67 days, they don't have time for all this makeup stuff, and we'll get into that with what's going on with the Marlins. But there's a little bit of um, trepidation from these teams in some of these situations. Like, what do we do? How do we approach this? They're trying. We we want to do the right thing, you know. Maybe you know. Maybe you send some guys to the cage in shifts just to keep people. Rotating out and rotating same, yeah. in and out. I don't know, but they're going to have to be creative. When, when you have a over one hundred page return to play protocol book that I was that I read that they have, why is that not in there? I don't. Wouldn't know. you I, think you would have covered everything by now? Hey, 
We have a mass congregation that we need to have because it's raining. How do you solve this problem? Do you send the home guys out to their cars? Well, maybe there is a, a form of a protocol, but every one of these stadiums is different. Right. You know, I mean, the older stadiums are going to have probably smaller visitor clubhouses mm-hmm. as opposed to the newer ones. So, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just give them all a suite. They're not being used. You, you, you Yeah, you got to find something. Right. To do. You gotta got to find couches something. and food and air conditioning. Yep. You Go know, ahead. Get them underneath one of the balconies and let them socially dist on the second right. deck under the roof or whatever you got to do. Right. I mean, it's. I hear what you're saying about how is that not in there, but it's like, I don't know, man. Can you when you when you're coming back to do right. this stuff? Can you can you think of everything? Every, that's right. You know, and and I've seen some players today bitching about some of the stuff going on with some of these guys around the league testing positive, and I saw David Price, who is who opted to not play. Mm-hmm came out and said basically like this is why I didn't want to play because major league baseball is not going to take care of the players and I I just I I don't know what went on in those negotiations obviously I I just find that to be a cheap shot yes this by David is, Price I said this today and I really meant it because the I told you so crowd whether it be journalists whether it be scientists whether it be players like, they've all done the, this isn't safe, and if only someone had spoke up and said something, that does nobody any good right now. Right. It really doesn't. We heard you before. They pressed on. Don't try and raise your hand like you are now victorious, because this is now putting something in jeopardy that they have actually worked towards resolving. And you can use the worked towards loosely if you want, because one thing that... Um, football has had, and now we're getting closer. The football programs and the organizations and leagues have had time to figure this out. The NHL took its time. The NBA set up. And and remember, baseball players didn't want this bubble in Arizona. That's right. They said no. So to me, it's hard to feel bad when both sides botched this from coming at it from from both angles and this is the plan we come up with and now we're all of a sudden finding there's holes in the boat and there's water coming in well if you look at some of the nba stuff that's happening aside from a guy going to a strip club after he went to a funeral the bubble has pretty much worked so far mm-hmm. the nhl so far they've had a couple of positive tests but they've got two hub cities to try and and do that as well so it's like I I don't understand where the disconnect is. What's the why should you guys get a specialized thing just because you want it? Because now we're here as a result of your boneheaded decision making. Right. And again, that does nobody any good, but at the same time, what can we take from this? Well, and and just to put what you're talking about in context, the Marlins that came out today had I think it was 13 people overall. It was like nine players and four coaches yeah. tested positive. Um, I read a story that said yesterday, I think a couple of guys found out they were uh, either 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 sick or asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. I think a couple guys found out Saturday. The Marlins as a team got together Saturday night or Sunday morning 
and basically said, should we play today? And they said yes. And they unanimously voted yes. And then they played the game, and then I don't know I don't know how the testing works. I don't know if they're tested after the game or what, but a bunch more guys came down with symptoms. So now basically half their roster is is got a quarantine, and it's kind of throwing up a ton of red flags. It's been a, a, a very much a overreaction today to this oh, because yes, it absolutely. is the first right. little outbreak, and everybody's like, oh, they're going to have to cancel the season. Right, blah, blah, blah. After, after the first weekend. Now, I think this – should cause some concern. Well, yeah. And I think that the the travel issue because they played the Marlins played in Atlanta earlier in the week. They played two exhibition games. The Brewers went down to Chicago and played the White Sox same kind of thing. They believed the players were infected in Atlanta. And Atlanta right now is a hot, a hot spot. spot. So they didn't get the infection in Philly. But they brought it they there. They brought it there. They're standing on bases, they're talking to guys on the Phillies now. The Phillies are now have to play the Yankees. That's canceled. That's been canceled today. The whole Orioles Marlins series has been canceled. Oh, I didn't know the whole. It went to the whole series. Yeah, Baltimore turned around and went home. So I don't know how they're going to be able to have every team get sixty games in. If you have an outbreak like this, I mean. Are you just going to bring up like half your AAA roster? Well, Does, are you going to count it as a forfeit? That's How's what I'm wondering work? because the Brewers have their supplemental camp in Appleton, and it's you know an hour, hour and a half away from Milwaukee, and they said that they're going to continue the training for whatever, and if they need a player, they'll be readily available right there. Do all the clubs have this set up, or is it just specifically a few like the Brewers? Well, I did read something that um, Hernan Perez mm. oh. is on the quote-unquote taxi squad for the Cubs. Okay. So if somebody gets sick, they can bring in Perez. Now, I don't know if he's like in Peoria right. working out at the AAA. I'm not sure. Um, I know every team has a has a grouping of guys that they can they can pluck from. Sure. Um, but I don't know the the rules on that. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to swap you out want, half your yeah, team. Yeah, do you do you even want? I mean, I guess it's better technically than a forfeit, right? If you want to play, this is what you'll do. Yeah, but does it give you much of a chance to be competitive? Not in the short term. No, considering and, every game matters more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what's going on with the Marlins. I mean, I guess if it had to happen to any team, it, I'm glad oh. it was the Marlins because well, nobody there aren't any Marlin fans, no. and they're not any good. No. So it's not going to really affect the balance of the league. I read something today that the Phillies players were very um, startled when they looked across the dugout at how loose they were being with closeness, handshakes, no masks, whatever. And then they learned that they had tested positive and they played anyway as well. So even though they knew, oh okay, okay. that that's I, I read. I don't know the validity of that. It's just something I read. I haven't source checked. Um, but now they're worried. So it's like there seems to be mismanagement along that whole well, series. I saw something today that like Lewis Brinson, the former Brewer who was traded for Yelich, and one other guy on on the Marlins, like they haven't even been seen yet. You mean tested? No, like they're oh. not even like with the team. With the they club. haven't been around. Nobody's nobody knows where they are. Obviously, they're <laughs> they sick. Don't know. Obviously, they're sick. But the Marlins aren't giving any information. Right. It's got to be HIPAA. So, like something's going on. 
I mean, something's going on in Florida, period. Uh, and apparently in Miami. A lot of stupidity. It, you know, you got all the beaches. You got, it's just, it's Miami. So, I don't know. It, it's the first of what I think will be many issues of this kind. I just hope that it doesn't get to the point where they can't put teams on the field. How do you think baseball at least looked coming back? Did you watch a lot other than the Brewers? I was mixed on it. Uh like the no fans in the stands thing in a baseball game really doesn't bother me that much. Me it's neither. a little weird seeing nobody behind the backstop. Um on Saturday in the Brewer Cub game and I think and I think it was the Dodger Giant game afterward I watched a little bit like they were putting virtual fans in the outfield mm-hmm. and they looked like off of MLB the show but like my dad thought they were real. He's like, did you see how they like put the old, it must have been like from an old game. And I'm like, no, no, no. That was like a video game. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it looked kind of weird. I don't know, man. Like I'm fine with nobody I, being, there. I'm fine with nobody or, being there too. Am. And I think they could do a better job of, of sprinkling in people. Right. Like there's still a lot of people there that, that are quote work. unquote working. Yeah. Like you could sprinkle sprinkle a few of them in behind the backstop just to give the appearance of it actually mattering. Right. They had one guy down the down the third baseline in a mask sitting in a section in like the second row all by himself. I don't know what he was there for, whether he was just on break or he didn't need to work at that particular time, but it's like, okay, somebody's there's at least people sitting in the stands watching the game. But, and I know they're not paying fans. Like I did see a bat boy. Oh, yeah. But they didn't have anybody down the line no. for foul balls. For, for grab and foul. No, so players have to get those. Um, so, like, but, like, why not? Why not? I don't Why, why can't that person be Yeah, there? every more, like, every. There's, there's, like, weird things, like this rain delay thing that they don't seem to have ironed out, but yet they decided they couldn't have a high school girl sitting by herself down the first baseline to go get the foul ball it's instead of making the right fielder run from all the way to right center into the corner. Like, why, why? It's like the NBA. They've social distanced the benches. Why? They're in a bubble. They're together all the time. Why are you socially distancing? Like, it's, is that just for optics? It's just weird. I like some of the decisions are very bizarre. Another extra precaution, which I right now think you can't take too many precautions. And I'm sure adding a, a ball girl or somebody down the down the lines to feed. It's just an extra person in there that you have to test and make sure is okay. And if one person slips by and then all of a sudden something gets on the ball and then a player touches the ball, then you're all screwed. So you might as well just not do it. And and right now I think that's where we're at. For anything you don't need to do, and you can get by with not doing, you don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, that's because that's kind of where we are with this whole thing. Like, do you want this or not? Because you need to have the bare minimum of risk involved, and that doesn't include going to a strip club outside the NBA bubble, well, which that's... was just an absolute. Like, if I'm the Clippers, I don't know. Is this guy any good? Yeah, he's like best one of the best bench players in the league. Okay, so if you're the Clippers, you can't just say get the fuck out of no, here. No, they need him. Yeah, because to me as a manager, that would be the first line. What the what the hell are you doing? And I'm and we can get to that when when we talk about the NBA. But yeah. that was a headline, and I was. But you and I brought that up. We talked little, about it like, two months yeah, ago. Yeah, initially when you're going to have all these single thirsty guys in there, mm-hmm. and how are they going to satisfy their urges? 
There you go. Guys to go to a funeral, going to get some boobs in the face on the way back. That I mean, it's predictable at that point. But at the same time, if you're a, if you're a general manager, you got to look at the guy bringing him and be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why are we here? Right. You're messing with this whole thing. Yep. And, it, you know, it's just like one of those things where you're like, you, you, you just need to go. You're, you're putting everybody in danger. We can't have you. Uh, maybe not. We need to win games. Yeah. That's why they're there. And, that, and, and that's what it's all about. Um, I don't. And you brought up the whole rules that are in place and decisions that are being made. The whole mask versus no mask, either in the dugout or on the field, it's like we're in public. Some are doing it and some aren't. Well, that, that that's not really going to work then. Either kind of everybody is going to have to. Like, what makes somebody okay to not? And then why does this guy have to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, where are... Well, where, where are we with that? It's like you said, it's very similar to society in the fact that we finally reached the point in this country. We have too many freedoms. You can't tell anybody what to do. If Major League Baseball came out and said to the players, you have to wear a mask, the union would fight it. Mm-hmm. 100% guaranteed they would fight it. You know why? Because they can. Because that's what they do. So... And again, it goes back to like what David Price said. Don't point the fingers at these guys all the time. Point them at yourself once in a while. Go to your union head and say, no, listen, man, we, we, need, to, we need to all be wearing a mask. Tonight in the first couple innings of the Brewer game, uh, somebody got on first, and the first baseman put his mask on, and the runner put his mask on, and the first base coach had his mask on. What the hell's wrong with that? When, when, um, like when we see the Brewers go to Wrigley in April... What is Arcia wearing? A net gator. Right. Covering basically everything but his eyes. Yeah. What the hell is the difference? Yeah. Like a balaclava that goes all over his face and just has Look, eye holes. I understand it's summer now and it's hot, but like you're only on the bases for a few minutes. As soon as you get close, up. As soon as you're away from everybody, yeah. down. If, if, if Lorenzo Cain's standing out in center field, he doesn't need to wear it. No. But if he's at first base and the first baseman's holding the runner on, then put it on. It's not that hard. Apparently it is. Well, but it's all about... Apparently it's difficult. It's all about people not being, not wanting to be told what to do. And, and I just don't understand because when you have these things in place and they are somewhat dependent on the completion and success of your season, why wouldn't you... Do these things because it's if you my want. first. It's my First Amendment right to do whatever I want. That's the way that. That's the way that it is. In twenty twenty, that's the way it is interpreted. You can't even see me rolling my eyes so far. All right, um, let's talk about the Brewers and the Cubs. Well, um, did you see? Did you see the socially distanced argument? No. Between the pirate manager and the umpire. Oh the no! Other day? I just saw the highlight. <laughs> I didn't have any sound. It was great. The umpire threw the guy out, and then the dude was like, he wanted to come out and yell at the ump, but he was like, didn't he, he put has, his, mask, like, on? Put his yeah. mask on, and he's dinking around, and then he gets out there, and he starts stomping over, and then you see the ump putting his mask on, and then they're like six feet apart from each other, screaming at each other. <laughs> like, what is this? Like, is this your neighbor you're yelling at? What right, the hell over, is this? Over the hedges? Yeah. That, that you can't get close? So it, was, you're... it was very bizarre to see. <laughs> very bizarre. But yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, well this this first series between the Brewers and the Cubs. It it was not uh, aesthetically pleasing to watch. That's kind, for certain. You kind of hit it on the head by basically saying that 
This is a little bit of what you expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about it in February and March when uh, they were putting the roster together. Um, I had some serious reservations, and most of them showed up in the first three games. Um, The pitching is all right. It's not bad. It's not really good. Um, I think it's kind of like most of baseball. There's really only about three or four teams that I have what I would say is really good pitching. Everybody else is kind of just hanging out in the middle, and I think the Brewers are in that mix. Woodruff can be really good. Um, Burns and Peralta, you know, they pitched eh in their in their two starts. For whatever reason, they, those guys, are they just don't seem to be starters. And I know their Brewers are in a little bit of a pinch. Um, you have Anderson with the blister issue. You had Lauer who had had, the, had COVID, and he was just coming back. So Burns and Peralta kind of got forced in that, and I, and I understand that. But um, I don't know. Th- those guys just seem to be so much better coming out of the pen than having to go through a lineup multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pitching kind of was what it was. I thought it was nice to see Knable on Friday night come in and pitch a really nice inning. Um, then he came in yesterday and struggled, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be the way he is this year. Bobby Wall, same thing. He pitched a nice couple batters the first night, came in yesterday and struggled. Those guys are coming off major arm injuries, so it's going to take them a little bit of time to come back because I think Knable, like he wasn't even supposed to come back anyway until like June. Right. So no, he they they he wouldn't have started the season right, with the team, right? So he's really both of those guys are really just coming back off some pretty serious stuff. So I think just having having Knable especially out there, and you know he was throwing in the low nineties. He's usually bringing it up ninety six to ninety eight. So it'll be interesting to see if as these games go on, if he can kind of ramp that up a little bit. But the hitting man is is. Is the issue what was here and uh, here in uh, and Yelich were two for twenty five, yeah. something or two for twenty three or something like that, and the and one of the two was Yelich's first homer, right? And then Hira had the other hit. Well, this is going to be, I think, a feast or famine offense. There's going to be games where they hit four or five homers and score ten runs. There's going to be games like opening night where they get three hits and get shut out by a pretty average pitcher, um, and then yesterday getting shut down by basically a journeyman, <laughs> um, in in that. Chatwood or whatever the yep. hell his name is for the Cubs, right. and I, the, you know, seventeen hits in three days. Um, they basically had two good innings the whole weekend mm-hmm. offensively, and like you said, one of them was a three-run homer from Yelich. So um, twenty-eight Ks in three games against against pretty mediocre strikeout pitchers. I mean, Kyle Hendricks, I think, had nine or ten strikeouts. The guy doesn't throw over ninety. Sounds like a Doug Melvin team. Yeah, it, it, you know, a lot of striking out some and and some long balls on the other end. Yeah, and look, we we talked about it before coming on air. <clears throat> it's so, it's three games. It's only three games. I'm not going to lose my mind. Um, but at the same time, it's three games in a sixty game season. That's five percent of your season with a division opponent, right? Um, so those games are really big, regardless of whether they're the first three or the last three. Um, I'm I'm. I'm just having a hard time of buying what some of the brewers have been selling here this year. I don't you, think anybody that you, listens could tell that. You know, you can't you can't tell me that Eric Sogard and Jed Jerko are, are equal to Mike Mustakis. I, I I you can on base percentage and war me to death. 
I watch the games. It's not equitable. Same thing with Grandal and Navarez. Navarez might hit some homers, but he doesn't switch hit. He's not the best framing pitch uh, pitch framer in the league. Um, he doesn't. He's not going to walk a ton. He's not going to stretch it bats out like Grandal. That he can't play first. Um, yeah, is Smoke going to be an upgrade from the Aguiar Shaw combo at first? Yeah, he'll he'll he can hit some homers. Um, but you know, unless Keston Hira has a monster season. Why am I pitching the Elich? No, there's no protection for him. I mean, and and is Braun just gonna play every I, third day? Like, I, like the guy rakes at Wrigley, destroys Wrigley Field. Not there. Played one game. Yep. Like, if he's hurt, then say he's hurt. But he was available. He was gonna pinch hit yesterday, I believe. So that's a little head scratching. I know he didn't have much summer or spring training, but. All the more reason to let's get some at bats in him. Well, Adrian Hauser uh, started tonight. He came over from the bullpen. He made that switch in July last year, I think, yeah. from the bullpen to the starting rotation. I mean, what did you um, what did you think about? I, I mean, am I am I off base no, on this? No, because I just looked at the lineup on the first night, and and like you, I saw Sogard in the lead leadoff spot, and I went, "What?" Well, they're in love with him, man. And I okay, they, they are, I, and and. I like the guy. He's, it seems like a good dude. He's a good family man. He but seems, he's a utility player. Right. He's a fifth infielder. He's not an everyday guy. Last year, he had the greatest season of his career at, like, age 32. Mm-hmm. He was so bad two years ago on the Brewers, Brewers. they just let him go. Right. So who who is he? I think he's more the first guy. The Twitter timelines were right, all... Not the first guy, the, the right. guy two years ago. The, the Twitter timelines were all a flutter keeping track of Moose's stats on that first game, which included multiple hits and a home run, yep, yep. which Brewer fans, I mean, it made them cry, which that's fine. I mean, you were, you and I were texting during that game too, but yeah, it was just one of those games where I just looked at the offense and I was just like, there's just no pop here. And then you saw in the second game, well, okay, this is what happens when they start hitting. Mm-hmm. And then the third game comes and you're like, well, this is what happens when they can't hit. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, feast or famine is a perfect phrase. It's just going to be... An up and down roller coaster, and you hope that they're on the way up, and they st- and they stay at the top right until there's a deep dive, and everybody goes cold. Well, like Gamble's hot right now, mm-hmm. but like you can't be relying on Matt Gamble to prov- or Ben Gamble to provide your offense because if he's playing, Garcia is not right. playing, mm-hmm. and Garcia is a guy you brought in to presumably play almost every day in right field. And he hits you 25 to 30 homers. So, I mean, not in this season, but right. in a regular season. So, I, you know, it, it's they got to figure out who's going to play and get the majority of the at-bats because me and my dad were talking, like, 250 at-bats is going to be basically a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you don't is, have time. is Braun only going to get 100 at-bats? Well, and you don't have time for the slow starters. No, you don't. For people that turn it on right at midseason and then get a good August and September throw together and get hot. Like, you got to come out of the gate, both barrels firing on all cylinders to pardon the cliche. But, I mean, that's what you need. Euchre was talking about that yesterday with Bryant and Rizzo for the Cubs. Like, Bryant started out like, I don't even know if he got a hit in the series. I think he was like 0 for his first 13 or something. 
And Rizzo's a notorious slow starter. But he hit two bombs. He he did. He did. He he Half did well. Two bombs. But like you that's, know, that's a bottom of your lineup guy right there that but, can hit. But you're right. Like a guy like Bryant, you know, Sogard's one for ten in the leadoff spot. Like you tell me, he's on base percentage. He's up ten times. He's on once. That's not good. No. So they got to figure something out, or else Yelich is going to be looking at balls in the dirt and intentional walks, and you know, uh, it, unless I hear a or a Garcia or one of these well, guys steps up and kind of overperforms. What I don't know how they're going to score a ton of runs. What do you do with Braun now? Because this is becoming kind of a thing in camp, and you don't have the luxury this year. And I guess this year is an anomaly, so you can't take anything from it. But he's been a notorious guy that doesn't really play. When he pushes himself in camp, he gets a tweak here or a pull there, and then he's out for a while. And then it's one of those things where it's like, well, he doesn't get many ABs. Well, you need guys like this in this type of season, and you need guys like him who who have to produce. And now he's so banged up coming out of a couple of weeks of summer camp that you can't use him to his fullest potential. Like, that, you can't afford, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to send the guy to Appleton or something like that, but if you can't depend on him, then who else do you have that you can depend on? Well, with the tra- with the spring training, summer training deal, excuse me, I, I almost look at it kind of like he doesn't really need it. Like, I, I don't really think Ryan Braun, and he's even said it, like, I don't really need, like, 55 spring training at bats. Just give me, like, 10, and I'm ready. So him not participating much didn't bother me. I mean, he's 36. He does get banged up. There's really no point in playing him in these exhibition mm-hmm. games. But now is the now is the sprint. And unless Braun has already told them, I'd like to come back next year, this could very well be his last time as a brewer. What the hell are you saving him for? So the other thing, though, <laughs> you know, Logan Morrison is a guy who had a very big yep. camp, and then he's a lefty, and it appears they want to get him in the lineup. So now you've got, in a way, the Brewers have too many guys. Right. We were t- we talked about that, log jam. Yeah, they got Who's log Who's going to play and where? You know, you got Smoke, Braun, and Morrison can play first, but, like, Braun didn't play. Braun didn't get any reps. You're going to throw him out there in the middle of a game and, like, just expect him to play well? I don't know how that's fair to him or everybody else on the team. You And we just talked about the outfield problem, mm-hmm. you know, and, I mean, when you got all these guys that are not everyday starters and need to split time, how do you decide who right. plays and when, What's, and how can you expect any guy to get in a groove or find any consistency when they're going to play one game, sit for two, play two games, sit for one, and it's... What's the difference between Arcia, Urias, Brock Holt, and Sogard? What's the difference? I, I don't know. You know, are you just going to wait till one of them gets hot and then just play them, and then when they cool off, try a new guy? I mean that that's that's my concern. That's my concern offensively. It's like, you know, how long are you going to ride Sogard in the leadoff spot if he's not getting on? Mm-hmm. How long are you going to roll with uh Smoke if he's not hitting home runs? You know, so I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. I've been very interested to see how Council manages this year in this in this short schedule. Um so far, it's kind of been random. You know, it's been, I'm sure that 
he and they would tell you, you know, we're playing the matchups and blah blah blah. But I don't know, man. You got you got to sprint. This ain't no this ain't no three mile cross no, cross country you, race. This you, is a four hundred. You don't have a couple series to just dive in and get your both your free. Right. Flat I mean, if you play shitty here and you you walk out of the first six games at one and five or two and four, I mean, the Cardinals and the Cubs. Are already ahead of you, and now let's. And you play St. Louis at you home. Play St. Louis at home next. Friday. You could all of a sudden be five or six games out, like by the end of the weekend. <laughs> right, with only 50, 50 some more to go. Two games yeah. to make it up. That's right, you know, or something like that. So there's not a lot of margin for error. Nope, nope. There's certainly not. All right, we spent about a half an hour on baseball. Let's go to the NBA, where there is excitement in the bubble because games start on Thursday night. Bucks. Uh, have their first game against the Celtics. That'll be on Friday. Game time's been announced. Seven out of the eight uh, games so far. The last game against the Grizzlies before the playoffs uh, has a start time TBD. Um, they're Like you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, they're kind of all over the board with, with some of these game times. They're playing in the afternoon. They're playing around midday. They're playing at night. So we'll kind of see how this goes. Do you know, and this is just for my own purposes because I haven't seen anything or read anything with, and that's another thing we, we forgot to touch on with baseball, did you listen to some games and watch some games, or was it strictly TV? I listened to some, yeah. How do you think that things have gone so far with the crews in Milwaukee calling a remote game at another location? I thought it's been fine. That's what Te- I think. Uh, Television-wise especially. Uh, you, <laughs> I was listening to, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday or Saturday, but I think it was yesterday. I was listening to Uke and Levering, and their monitor went out. Oh my god! So Yuke's like, we don't know what's going on. We got a black screen here. So, and then they're like, oh, we might have to do ticker tape. And so, like for radio, right? That is an issue. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, for for the you're, TV guys, I would think they probably have other. You're the feeds guy in Bull get, Durham but. on the phone who's yeah. somebody's telling you, and then you do the crack of the bat yes. sound effect. Yes. And then cue the the crowd noise, and then yes. But it's actually like I listened to quite a bit of Euchre on Saturday. And it seemed like, you know, usually they go, you know, Euchre does a couple innings and, and then, he goes up, take yep. a leak, and then Levering comes in, and then sometimes Grindle will be in there. This, what I was listening, at least a couple innings I listened to, Euchre and Levering were kind of doing it together, which was kind of cool. You know, Euchre was telling some stories like he always does, but you had Levering there to kind of play off mm-hmm. it a little bit. And I was like, well, that's it's a little different. That's not how they normally do it, but... I suppose they're just sitting there. It's just them. And nobody's there. Right. You know, so Your they might, you might as well back. do it together. Right? Yeah, Kent Sommerfeld was back there because yeah. he kept making fun of him as always. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it's been okay. okay. Yeah. Is Do you know if that's the plan for the NBA bubble? Are are, are we going to get basically a bunch yeah, of cameras? I believe so. And then guys are going to be back at the serve. Yes. Um, or a studio or whatever. Because they've done this with golf. I caught a couple of the scrimmages. I caught a couple quarters of the scrimmages on the Bucks app, and Paschke and Zora were in the serve calling the game. Okay. Um, it was a little clunky, not too bad. I'm not sure how they're going to do the national stuff. I don't know if ESPN is sending people down there. They have, like, individual reporters there, I know. Right. Like, Rachel Nichols is there, that Malika Andrews yep. is there, but... Like, is is Van Gundy, Jackson, and Breen going? Is Reggie Miller and Kevin Harlan going? That I'm not sure. Velasquez from the Journal Sentinel, I think, is there. I think so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, 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 was, I was just curious about that from a broadcast standpoint. Um, I think that the NBA 
has done a great job of making that look really good. Yeah. And luckily for them, the the TBT, the basketball tournament that took place a couple of weeks ago, they kind of got to use that a little bit as a guinea pig, I think, from a television perspective. They're doing some cool stuff um, behind the benches. They've got, like, a video board. Um, I, I heard on a podcast the other day, they're going to do some stuff with season ticket holders. They're going to put them on the board. Like when the Bucks are quote unquote the home team, mm-hmm. it's going to be all Bucks stuff behind both benches. It's going to be their quote unquote home game. It sounds like they're going to put some you know t- season ticket holders up on the video board, watching the game at home and stuff like that, just to try to kind of make it like there's people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I've watched a couple of those games too, and it's fine. It's not a big deal. I mean, when the playoffs start right. and the intensity, I don't know how that's going to work. That's going to be interesting because, you know, it's a playoff, man. you got a packed house. Right. The crowd's going nuts, and, and it now gets you amped up. You don't now have you don't have that. Have that. So um, I don't know how that's going to play out. But um, the, the quality of play has been surprisingly good. I was going to ask how that looks, at least from Milwaukee or just league-wide from whatever that you have watched. Well, the little bit of the Bucks I watched has been, like, they haven't missed a beat. Uh, I think they scored 80 points in the first half the other day against the Kings, and then Giannis and Middleton, none of those guys played in the second half. Giannis did say he was tired. Yes, I caught that. Um, well, Which know. isn't too shocking because the guy's a maniac and he plays his balls off the entire time he's in there and he hasn't played a game in four months. That's understandable. He didn't have a hoop either. Yeah, well... <laughs> If you believe that, that you don't know so, me. So great what he actually said that. Yeah. That was so awesome. Just playing the media for fools. Oh man, it was good. But no, I, I you know, I watched uh I watched a little bit of the Laker game the other night, caught caught a couple quarters of a Portland uh I think it was Portland Grizzlies. Everybody's looked pretty good, you know. Um you're not seeing the stars play a ton of minutes yet, but um, you know, just the the basketball wise the smoothness, it doesn't look super sloppy like a regular preseason mm-hmm. would. And I think that's probably because, <clears throat> you know, in a regular preseason you're trying to incorporate new people and run set up the office. Everybody here is already it's you've already it's already the same yeah, people, right. so it should be smooth. Connaughton and Bledsoe both pe- tested uh positive. Connaughton just got down there or went down there on Saturday. Bledsoe went down on Wednesday, quarantine tested negative and was practicing on Friday, but I don't think he played. Did he play on Saturday at no. all? Their last scrimmage either was tonight. today or it's, tonight. It's, it's tonight. It's tonight. Okay. I did see they were hoping he would play a little tonight. Okay. Well, so. You kind of got to give him a little time before the season starts on well, Yeah, because after they're, they play tonight, then they're off till Friday. Yeah. So, so. We'll, we'll see. Connaughton, I don't know. He he, he, he can't possibly No, it's going to be a little bit for him. And, and yeah. again, you know, we talked about it last Last episode, the Bucks are going to use this eight-game seeding time just to kind of get right, try to get healthy, get guys in the right spots because they only got to win two games to secure the one seed. So, um, already talked about Giannis uh, making up the fact that he didn't have a hoop, which was hilarious. Um, the I've seen some tweets about the front runners for the league awards because they came out last week and basically said everything's already like we're not counting any of this stuff, and really you can't. You can't count a lot of these stats with the remaining games and a neutral. And, you really and, should and, no. and And the conditions are all changed, so they're going to take everything that has already been played and use that to decide all your season award winners. Yep. Um, 
I saw something the other day. I think they pulled 20 media members that have votes, and 17 of them voted Giannis MVP. Colin Cowherd didn't. Well, no, but <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to talk with LeBron in your mouth, um, which is surprising that he can do a three-hour radio show once in a while. But, yeah, I mean, the LeBron case is he's 35. They have the best record in the West, and he's playing a new position. My counter to that is... I don't care that he's 25. It's not a lifetime achievement award. Um, yeah, he's the best team in the West, but he plays with another top six player in the league in Anthony Davis. And everybody's hung up on he's he's playing point guard and he's leading the league in assists and like how that's like such a big deal. He's been playing point guard since the first year he went to Miami. Well, second year more, but he's been playing technically point guard for about the last decade. I mean, he brings the ball down. He initiates the offense. He calls the plays. If that's not the point guard, I don't know what is. So I do have a little experience yeah, in that I, arena. I, I do, and <laughs> I just I don't know why that's like such a big credit to him. Mm-hmm. But that seems to be what the media like. Cowherd, I, I heard him today talking about. It. He's like, this is the easiest year in LeBron's career to vote him for the MVP, and it's like, I just don't understand that. I don't get it. Like. He's like, new coach, new system, new star player, new position. And I'm like, okay, new coach, yeah, but so? New system, no. LeBron is the system. He's And, again, he's playing with Anthony Davis. Like, oh, geez, they're, what, a, what a horrible thing to have happen to you. What a challenging you know, addition like, oh, to geez, the team. You get to play with the second best big guy in basketball behind Giannis? Wow, that sucks. Tough. It's tough to really, really try and, you know, water the... So I I really want him to win the MVP. I really, really want him to win the Defensive Player of the Year. I'm talking Giannis here now. Well, obviously. And um, to just be able to thumb his nose at at the critics. But if they don't make the finals and he wins those, he's going to take a lot of shit. And it's going to be... Giannis has to leave Milwaukee. Chris Middleton and Bledsoe aren't good enough. Yada, yada, yada. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's my final answer. Okay, that's, that was good off of the off of the death of Regis Philbin. Thank you yeah. for that. Um, we already talked about the, the quality of play. Finals are bust uh, for the Bucks. The guys that are breaking the bubble rules, and we touched on this a little bit, I mean... Guys have to go for a variety of reasons to do any number of family things. The guy on the Clippers and who, what's his name? Lou Williams. Lou Williams. He had to go to a funeral. Mm -hmm. Fine. You come back and I would assume that he would have had to quarantine anyway. I think those guys, when they leave like that, they have to test daily while, while they're gone. Oh, okay. And then I think the quarantine when they get back is only like four days. Okay. So now what is it up to that he visited a strip club afterwards and you got the other dope last week who went to go order some food mm-hmm. off campus. Yeah. So Lou Williams went to Magic City in Atlanta, yes. which is like a famous strip club. Allegedly, they have the world's greatest wings. That's what he allegedly well, that's what went Will there to was, get. Okay, that's what Will Because was there's okay. a wing there that's named after Lou Williams. Because he's from Atlanta, and he is a very frequent visitor of the strip club. Um, Of course he is. What I thought was hilarious today, when I was watching, I watched 
a clip of first take, a clip of undisputed, oh. a clip of um, the jump, and I saw Shannon Sharp, Marcellus Wiley, uh, who was on the jump? Oh, Tracy McGrady. I saw all these guys saying that this wasn't a big deal. They're like, he was excused to go to the funeral. Once you're excused, you can't stop living. And, and it's like, no, 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 no. This is why they're having a bubble. Yes. It's so you don't go out and go to places and then drag this shit back in and screw up everybody else. And burst the bubble. It's one of the most selfish things. Yes. And then Lou Williams, and then he's on Twitter today calling out Kendrick Perkins. Because Kendrick Perkins was one of the few former athletes that I saw call out Lou Williams today for being an idiot. He's like, dude, you've been in the league for 15 years. You're smarter than this. You're supposed to be a team leader. This is one of the reasons why I feel very good about the Bucs. They don't have guys like They don't have this kind of stuff. They're a focused team. They're a well-led team. Like, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are really good players. Those guys aren't leaders. Like even last year when Kawhi was winning the title in Toronto, like he wasn't the leader of that team. He was the best player on the team. He wasn't the leader of the team. Lou Williams is pretty much the leader of the Clippers, and I guarantee you, Doc Rivers was not happy with his player because now Lou Williams has to sit out ten days. He will miss the first two games of the uh, the seeding games, and the Clippers right now are fighting for position. They're probably not going to catch the Lakers for the one seed, but like two through six is like a two-game spread. And it could matter a lot who you play. Um, but, yeah, it's just like the the selfishness, the stupidity, I don't know. I, I, I'm not surprised because, like you said, we talked about this. And the, you know, he... You don't go to a strip club and not get slapped around a little bit. I, I, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. They might have the greatest wings in the world, and I've heard several people today come out in defense of Magic City and say that. Great. Can't you wait until you're done? Can't they? You know what? They have curbside. You're. They named a chicken wing after you. I'm pretty sure if they you bring called, it to you. Right. If you called and said, "Hey, this is Lou Williams." Y'all got my wings there. I want some, but I can't come get it because yeah. I'm in this bubble. Any chance you could send me some? And then you if, think they don't do it? If you're Lou Williams, how mad are you at the idiot rapper that took a picture of both of you and put it on his Instagram? Because why? He had to be noticed. Of Look course. at me. Yeah. I'm in the club with Lou. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Well, and that's... We're we're at the point right now, and I get some of these NBA players aren't the brightest bulbs in the box. Like, if you just stand back and you look at the bubble and you say, we've been building for this return, we've negotiated getting back to play, everybody has set this up, we've got all these protocols, the workers are doing this, we've got food, we've got exercise, we've got workout equipment, we can basically come and go as we want. We are living on a resort for however many weeks that we are still alive in the playoffs. A lot of people went into this and are also making sacrifices to make sure we are taken care of and everything goes smoothly so we can have a season and we get paid. My dumbass is going to go out here and 
potentially risk all of this. Like you don't billions of dollars. You don't. I don't think they real. Some people do. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say a blanket statement. Some people don't realize the monumental risk and responsibility that comes with being these players inside this bubble Mm -hmm. and not breaking all these protocols for putting everything at risk that has been set up to make this work. Because if you look at at the landscape of sports, this NBA bubble is probably the best job that sports has done right now. Yep to get back to play safely Mm -hmm. and has the best chance right now to see the end of their season. Right. Because right now, you don't know with hockey, it's supposed to start this weekend. They have kind of a good setup going. They're into phase three or something like that, and they're all going to be moving. I think they were starting to move to their hub cities yesterday. Um, And then baseball, who knows? Everybody right now is fearful of college football knocking off non-conference games. And, you know, the lower divisions just saying, forget fall sports. Yeah. So you, you're just kind of waiting for the more more dominoes to keep falling. And now, you know, the NFL finally, last minute, just like baseball, has agreed to a couple of protocols. They don't have the time to set all this stuff up before training camp begins at the end of the week and people start reporting. How are you expecting to play a contact sport when you can feel free to travel around all these different cities and each team has a different set of protocols i don't know i I don't know you know so it's like you got to step back and look at what the nba has done and accomplished and i'm not the biggest basketball guy it's damn impressive it It really is is. it is is. when you look at the at the whole great job yes so i mean for somebody to be that stupid i don't have any time for that and that's why i know we talked about it at the top if you had the luxury of being a coach of saying you put everybody on this team and really everybody in the whole league inside this bubble at risk. Mm-hmm. Go home. We don't have time for you, but you need to win games. Yeah, and it's a, I, I wish it's a that, business. that the Clippers weren't a title contender. Right, because that would make it easier. Because that would make it – I would have loved to have seen the league tell him, go home. Right. Not the Clippers. The league say, sorry, man, you got to go. Yep. You know, if he's on – the Wizards or the Nets, just buy. Set an example. But they're not going right. to do that. No. They're not going to do that to the Clippers because they're a title contender and Steve Ballmer's a gazillionaire and that would just be bad for the league. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We just can move stupid. on from that. Um, Nick's hiring Thibodeau. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's got the 11th best winning percentage of a coach of an active coach that's played over five or that's coached over 500 games. He got a five year contract. He'll be gone in two and a half. <laughs> It's the Knicks. They suck. They're poorly ran, and they have a jack off for an owner. Nobody wants to play there. Nobody. I it's mean, a dead end job. But they keep hiring GMs who suck. Yeah. It, well, it's because they got a bad owner. So it, it's a dead end job, which is kind of crazy because it's it's New York. Um, but right. the Knicks are one of those teams. It's it's one of the funniest things. It's kind of like the Cowboys, where like the Knicks were really good in the seventies and they won two titles. And then they weren't really very good in the 80s. And then they were good in the 90s, but they couldn't beat the Bulls. And they've basically sucked this whole millennium. But everybody treats them like they're this, like, historic franchise that everybody wants to go to. And it's like, well, yeah, they they play in a cool arena. But other than that, they haven't won a title since 1973. So the Bucks won one in 71. (laughs) They were in one in 70. Like, so it's like. Why are they 
I mean, New York City has the playground legends, and like I said, they have MSG. But like the Knicks is a franchise. Is the only is the only cure for that is just to get new ownership to have new things in place, new management. No, you got to get a star in the draft. That's what's got to happen. You you got to get a you got to get a LeBron, a Duncan, a Shaq. You got to get somebody in the draft that doesn't have a choice. They're just on your team and you got them for 7 years and now you can build around a guy. Where have they been in the draft the last few years? Not, They've never had the first pick. Not not been able to they're, get that. They're always like 4 to 10. Cuz they always screw and that's it's very nixy of them to do this. Mm-hmm. They fuck up tanking. <laughs> Like there'll be like two games left in the season, and there's they should lose both of them, and they'll win them both. That's just the way it's gone for them. So, um, I don't know. Thibodeau seems like a good coach. Seems like a good guy. A lot of a lot of people in the league like him, but I just think it's going to be a very short term deal. Okay. So. All right. Let's move to the NFL. Couple of uh, couple of notes before we get out of here and talk about uh, a couple of college sports. Um, kind of folding up shop. For the fall uh, in the NFL, Jamal Williams traded to Seattle, and Seattle what, did they give him two number ones? Mm-hmm. I don't know who the Jets GM is, but he fleeced a shit out of Seattle. They got two number ones and a starting safety for Jamal Adams, who didn't want to be there anyway, no. and everybody in the league knew, knew it. it. And yet they, he was still able to get that much. So that's I, a weird trade for Seattle. Yeah, I a little desperate. Well, but I mean, if you're going to make a trade like that, wouldn't it be for offense? Right. Is that safety going to put you over the top? No. I, no. Because that defense has, after after they were so top tier for a long time and just murdering everybody, they've kind of gone steadily down. They're not but, terrible by but, any stretch. But this is the shit that drives me nuts about the NFL. And I've watched it in Green Bay for the last 10 years with Rodgers. And Russell Wilson, whether you love him or not, He's one of the five best quarterbacks in football, and he is in his prime. You should be doing everything you possibly can to surround him with people the way the Chiefs have surrounded Pat Mahomes. But instead, they're focusing but on instead defense. instead, they go out and they trade two first-round picks for a freaking safety? If, like, you're, if you're Wilson, what do you... He's, the, he's like, what, maybe the best or second or third best safety in the league? sure. That's called. What does that. he add to you? One win? Max? Right. I... So instead of winning nine games, you win ten games. Like I don't, I don't get that kind of philosophy that these football teams have. It's like it'd be like you have Shaq, and you're like, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's go trade for Ewing. <laughs> no, it's like no. Actually, you should go get some perimeter players because you've got the best center. Right. You don't then go get another big dude. You surround, surround him with right. talent, and for whatever reason. Seattle goes the defensive route. I don't know. Uh, just bizarre to me. Strange trade. It Jets made out like bandits. And Le'Veon Bell was taking shots at Adams on his way out, apparently questioning his loyalty. Well, I didn't see any of this. Well, Jamal Adams recruited Bell to the Jets. <laughs> and that's what Le'Veon Bell's like, well, wait a minute, buddy. You are the one that to told me, me how great it is here, and yeah. that I should come here. And then 12 months later, you're screaming to get out the door? Did Adams have any response to Yeah, that? he said, I'll see you week 14. And God. Bell wrote something back like, All right. we act- we talked, They apparently they talked on the phone, but they're still tweeting at each other because that's what little girls do. Mm. And they hashed it out, quote unquote, mm. but like, 
he, but he still called him a liar in the next tweet. So I don't know these these guys. They're all a bunch of little divas. Mm-hmm. They all think they're way more important and valuable than they really it's are. Across sports, it's, you know? it's and it's gotten worse. Across it is all well, all these organizations. When you're getting your, we've talked about it. When you're getting your ass kissed when you're ten. Hard not to be entitled when you get that that right? far down the line, and then all of a sudden somebody starts throwing millions and millions of dollars at you. Eh, nobody can tell you nothing. Ian Rappaport tweeted today that the Packers are said to be one of the few teams in on Minnesota Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin, and I haven't taken a look at his contract. Or I mean, is he going to be an impending free agent? I don't know. I don't follow the Vikings that close. Your I wife know, does, all right? I, yes, She's pretty. She up. wouldn't. She wouldn't. <laughs> She, she doesn't know the contract situations no. of her of the D line of the Vikings. I could probably tell her who Everson Griffith is, and she probably wouldn't know uh-huh. because he doesn't play offense. Oh, sure. So that's that's how far. that Did you goes. see that video that they that the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins? Where um, <laughs> you didn't see no, that uh-uh. they had like a contest. They like you could take a clip of Kirk Cousins throwing a football in the game, mm-hmm. and then you spliced it together with a clip of like you catching the ball. <laughs> Well, the one guy did it, and they had Cousins throw the ball, and he was running like a sideline out, and it just showed the football going like thirty yards over his head. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, I gotta go back and I gotta watch. Yeah, that. it was good. It was good. Um, I don't know how, how the pack like what Griffin's gonna command for salary wise. All I know is that they have a bunch of free agents coming up at the end of the season. And I don't know where he fits on that defense, if he can be signed, if they make some tough decisions to let one or two of these free agents go. Um, I mean, Kenny Clark is in there. Bakhtiari's in there. Aaron Jones is in there. So, I mean, Kevin King is in there. I mean, those are some pretty – Jamal Williams, which I think you can probably kiss him goodbye now that they drafted A.J. Dillon. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, really, now you're going to talk about adding this guy? Um, So I – I always hate when you hear when those kind of little stories trickle out though too, because like if they don't sign him, mm-hmm. and let's say he goes oh, to right. the Niners, not active in free agency, <clears throat> he goes to the Niners, and then he ends up having ten sacks and has a good game in the divisional playoff, and they knock the Packers out. People will be losing their shit, but it's like, well, yeah, but you weren't going to pay him eight million bucks to right. be a backup because he's probably not going to start for you, right? And he's probably thinking to himself. I'm not a backup. I'm a starter. So sometimes, you know, a team will get linked to a guy, Mm -hmm. and then they don't go there for a lot of reasons, and then the fan base loses their mind. Well, more things with the Vikings is that apparently over the weekend, um, their coach Mike Zimmer said he talked to Dalvin Cook, and Cook has Mm -hmm. every intention of holding out for training camp, and Zimmer says, oh, no, he's going to be here on time. And then Cook's agent came out and says, those two never had a conversation. That's not true. Hmm. He's not going to be in camp on time. What are you talking about? So I don't know what's going to happen and who's going to report and when. Can anybody just not answer the question anymore? Can you just just, just – how about just don't talk? Right. What, a, what a novel concept. Take the Cam Newton approach. It's the only time in my life you'll ever hear me say that. Did you <laughs> see that when he got off the plane in New England no. and they tried to interview him and he's like, look, I'm a patriot now. I'm not going to be doing a lot of talking. And it's like – that would be fantastic. Put the fedora away too while you're at it, and, <laughs> right. the, and the purple scarf. That's right. You know, act like a football player, not a not a runway model. Maybe <laughs> you'll have a little bit more team success, right? You know, but Jesus, I mean, why? If you're Zimmer, why are you coming out and saying that that if, when, that if just you didn't haven't even talked happen. to him? And if you're the agent, why are you refuting it if it did? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know who's lying here. No, but- me neither. I, and I don't know why the agent would be when you work for the player, and I don't know why the coach would say something like, that's easy for one or two people just to say not true. I mean, does Zimmer have personnel control? Right. Maybe that's why he felt the need. I don't, I don't know. know, but maybe he's just trying to be positive in this whole thing and like, oh, yeah, we're going to have our whole team. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But I think what we really should be examining is what's happening across across baseball and whether that has ramifications on football. Because you and I both said a couple of months ago when this whole thing started and everybody was putting off and putting off and putting off what they were going to do and what their plans were. And both of us said, well, football has the luxury of time. And they have now seen that luxury dissipate, and they've taken it to the last week before rookies were supposed to report for intake testing, and they still didn't have agreements on protocols until late last week, and then they finally got them, and then rookies started to come in to get tested. Veterans are supposed to come in at the end of this week. So it's really hard for me to believe that all these protocols and what they were talking about as late as early last week are all going to be in place and everything's going to be safe for them to conduct training camp. Isn't this weekend like usually the Hall of Fame game? Yeah, Isn't it like the end of July to, I usually? Think so. Because the season usually starts like, what, the first or second weekend Week of, of September. September. Yeah. So we're only about five weeks away from when the season's supposed to start. Mm-hmm. So time's up. they got to figure this out. And <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope there's a football season. I don't know how the hell these guys are going to pull this off. Um, baseball, I think their biggest concern is traveling. I think anytime you get into a freaking tube with recycled air and you're flying across the country with pilots and stewardesses and yep. all this other shit that stuff you can't, stuff you control. can't control, that's going to be a problem. Now, granted, a football team, there's less travel, but there's still travel. So, you know, do te- do teams change their travel schedules? Is that something that happens? Like if you're like if the Packers and the Bears play on Sunday night, do the Bears just drive up Sunday morning instead of f- coming up Saturday night and, and staying, staying in over? a hotel? Maybe right. may- maybe do something like that if when the Packers play the Lions, um do they find a way to spend as little time in Detroit as possible? I I don't know how that's going to work. But it seems like it's going to be an issue, and I just don't know how they're going to navigate this. I don't either. And and I'm hoping beyond hope because, I mean, I've, I've talked about it on the radio. You've seen stuff at the basic level, high school, college. They've chipped away and tried to minimize risk as much as they could, and it's now come to the point where they've shrunk things down so small and tried to get circumstances and situational you know atmospheres that they can control and they can say well we're doing everything this way for our cluster our conference our division whatever you want to call it we don't care what they're doing but if they're doing something different they're not allowed in ours because we don't know what's going on right right. so we don't want them in here and that's why they've knocked out a lot of these non-conference games in college um, except for the big 12 and the the big 12 actually moved up one of their games a week earlier before Labor Day. Like, we're not starting later. We're going to start earlier. <laughs> Good luck with that. But it's like you, you, you've you chipped away as much as you can with this where you've only got one thing left, and that's just to shit can it all. Yeah. And I don't know how close we're going to get before that decision's going to have to be made. Well, I think 
I don't think there's any way the NFL season doesn't start. I think it's going to start. They're going to try to play regular season games. What happens but if it's there's week, an... But it's week two, three, four. That's when... Because week one, you can manage it. It's the successive weeks that's going to be a crapshoot. What happens if it's like the Marlins and somebody has an outbreak in training camp and half your team's gone? I don't know. I don't know. What happens if somebody gets sick? What happens if somebody dies? Maybe you... You know, if somebody gets sick, maybe there's some kind of way they could do something with the bye weeks. I don't know, but it, it's it's a it's a mystery how this is all going to come together. And and there's so much money involved, especially in football with with the TV contract. And Mark Murphy, so much money. Mark Murphy said that is like we can mitigate the loss of fans if we get the yeah, games on TV for sure because you're talking about like tens of billions of dollars mm-hmm. of revenue that the NFL gets from these TVs. And, I mean, baseball had their highest ratings in years of course. this weekend. Yes, The NBA is going to have monster ratings this weekend and going forward into their playoffs. Um, football wants a piece of that apple. There's no question about it because they usually get the biggest bite. And um, I don't know, man. I, I It's going to start, but... If you're a fan, you know, like if you're a Packer fan and you're four and zero, and then Rogers gets COVID, and everybody just says, "Well, he's only out for two weeks." Well, maybe, maybe, probably longer though, because especially when some of these guys have had yeah, after effects for, for two or for, three weeks, for sure. Like I heard uh, one of the NBA guys, I think it was Rudy Gobert. He was the guy that they shut the league down right. for in March. He said a couple, like a week ago, he's just getting his sense of smell and taste back. That's messed up. So, but some guys... Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic, or, yeah, they didn't feel good for a couple of days, and then they're fine. Like, I, like Connaughton, I think, had it, but I don't think he had it bad. Bledsoe was asymptomatic, so... Like, like you can't measure how bad you don't somebody's going to get it. You don't know. And it, it doesn't matter if your level of fitness. These are professional athletes. Yeah. These are pretty fit guys. You can't just say, well, they're in the best shape of their lives. Nobody, you know, nobody's going to be affected. Like, you don't know. You don't know. You just don't know. Everybody's going to react differently. And, yeah, and some of the longer-term effects, we don't know. And, look, football, depending on your position on the field, it will vary. But, like, when you're a professional athlete and you can't do your workout for, like, two, three weeks, you're out of shape. Right. Do you, do you have any other notes at the bottom there that, oh, uh, that you want to go off of? Just going <coughs> to say, Jesus, my throat. You're right. I feel like an old man. <laughs> I saw The Last Dance is now on Netflix, the Jordan Oh, Doc. really? Okay. And uh, Jesus, what yeah, the t- going Take on? a drink of Coke. Oh. That's fine. You got any left in there? All right. Just a little sip. Um, I saw that 68 million people wow. watched it during the ESPN run, and it said for comparison, 41 million people watched Tiger King. Whoa. So that's a huge jump. That is. But I just happened to rewatch the first episode the other night, and I just, I still can't believe the way that all that ended with the Bulls and how they broke that team up. It's just unbelievable. When In the first episode is when Jerry Krause says, this will be I don't Phil's care if you go 82-0. Right. That's right. I, yeah, and this is Phil. It's like, what? what? <laughs> it's got to be like the most under-talked about crazy sports thing of the last 25 30 years it's it's nuts you you actually go on and say before a dynasty's done that the dynasty 
is done. And we're ending it. Right. It's not people are leaving, somebody's retiring, we're we're ending it. It's nuts. We don't want to win with these guys anymore. And then Phil Jackson takes a year off and goes and wins three in a row with Kobe and Shaq. So obviously he needed to go, right? Clearly. Jesus um, Christ. Before we uh, head out, a couple of college notes. The Midwest Conference, uh, which has Beloit College, said they're not doing fall sports. And just that came out while we were recording this, probably a half an hour ago, 45 minutes, the WIAC said no fall sports. Really? UW-Whitewater ranked number one Ooh. for football in Lindy's wow. preseason rankings. No fall sports. Hmm. Well, Hopefully they can get something done in the spring. They they, they said they're going to try to play some games in the spring. I don't know because at the college be... level you won't have as much crossover as high school. No, because you're there for a specific sport, right? No, you're you're, you're was, exactly right. I was wondering this about high school. Like if if you're you know like when we were in high school, uh, guy in your grade, Phil Schneider, yeah, who was a starting O lineman yep. for you guys, but he was also one of the best shot and disc throwers in the state. Came in first and and in conference, went to state, yeah. So. If they move football to the spring, which is smack now in the middle of track season, are you are they going to make the kid pick, or are they going to let him? Okay, you can go to track meets and do some track practice, but we also want you at football practice. I don't know. And then at that point, it's like, well, if we don't have a vaccine, how's that I, a good idea? I talked to our pediatrician for the girls. We had their appointment last week, and he is. Basically, like the go-to head cheese in Mercy Health System, and he was my doctor when I was growing up. Dude's been around for a while, and I said because we were we were asking him about schooling. What do you think? What's your gut feeling? How do we? He said this thing. The thing's starting to mutate now. We're starting to see little variations, so mm. it's harder to get a control on how you're going to get a vaccination for this thing. He said. What it's probably going to end up being like is a flu. So you get a vaccine. It's not guaranteed to keep you, but it's going to lessen the effects if you do get it. Right. And it's not going to make it as lethal. But he's like, there's like right now, my gut feeling is this is still going to be around and prevalent in March. Hmm. And I was like, God damn. So we're, I mean, we're crimping our basketball season too. We're signing up our girls for online school to start. And then if things are. Hopefully better at semester. Maybe we'll put them back in the building. And I'm starting to get, you know, opinions from everybody else. So, I mean, You want to see this guy right here hit rock bottom. uh, Give me a whole freaking basketball season of not being there. Oh, that would be awful. uh, Really? Because you're you're such a treat to work with at some of these games when we double dip on a Saturday. Well, some of them are horseshit. You've but already been working. Yeah, some of them are horseshit, but, you know, you're still paying me to be there, and right. it's, it's, we still have a good time. And we still could go to Rocky Rococo's yeah. occasionally so it's, it's or still, Chick-fil-A. It's still fun. It's sure. better than watching reruns of the Big Bang Theory every night. But <laughs> Oh, man. So I, I don't know. There's some more high school conferences that are going to meet, and I don't know what's going to happen with Craig and Putt. The Big Eight's not going to do anything. Um, Craig and Parker in the Badger Conference. Wanakee's already knocked out both their non-conference games. They're going to just do a conference schedule. I don't know if that's going to follow suit. I don't know if the Badger's going to follow the Big 8 and say, you know what, just forget it. I don't know. But I'm looking down the barrel of I don't know when I'm going to be able to get into a gym, a press box, or whatever anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no idea. Well, somebody said to me the other day, if, if we do basketball games, they're going to have to put plexiglass between us. And I'm like... 
Ain't nobody gonna do that. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna no. build that or pay for that or we install even, that. We can't Hell even no. get a table and chairs someplace set up reliably when we do go there. No. Now they're gonna build us something? No. Not Please. A, not a chance. No. no Imagine sh- anybody at La Follette. You kidding me? Christ. No. We can barely get our shit plugged in. That is a good place to end the intentional foul. You got more? Did, did you see, before we go, did you see... Do I need to, do I need to kill the music? Yeah, kill it for Cut a the music. Cut the music. All right. Did you see this Mike Tyson comeback thing? Yes. Against Roy Jones Roy, 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 Roy Jones, yeah. Like, is it 1994? I. It's a good question. I mean, like, I, in 1994, that would have been, like, the greatest fight ever. Oh, for sure. Pound for pound, oh, Roy yeah. Jones was amazing. Yes. And Tyson was just... An animal. Yes. But, like, now it's like Tyson, what I hear, I think George Foreman was, like, 47 or 48 when he fought his last fight. Mm-hmm. Tyson's 54. Yeah. He hasn't fought in, what did it say, 15 years? Yeah. Something like that. But, I mean, the video started to leak out a couple of weeks ago. His pot that- business must not be doing well. Because <laughs> otherwise, what is the point? I saw this t- today. He's actually back on speaking terms with Don King too. Because oh, there you cause, go. Because apparently that that was a that was a problem. Well, that'll happen uh, when a guy steals all your money as well. But you know? like, and I was thinking, and I talked about this on the radio when when the fight was announced. Like, I remember his first fight back. Do you remember that? Oh, Peter McNeely? Hurricane Peter McNeely. Yeah. Dude took a dive in the first round. We got together at Jason Searcy's house in, like... Oh, there's a name for that. I know. And, like, we had probably a dozen of us, and we were we all chipped in a couple bucks, and we were going to watch the Tyson fight. Worst money you ever spent. Yeah! Yeah. It's like watching the Great White Hype against, you know... It was terrible. You know, uh, what Irish Terry, whatever his name is, against the Damon Wayne's character. Right. And it was, like, 37 seconds, and that's basically what that what this is you know what Peter McNeely what, what is this going to be it's going to be Goldberg against Scott Steiner two guys that can barely move in the ring not sell anything and you know what I bet pay-per-views it's even worse than that it could be Hogan Nash oh. but I bet pay-per-view money oh yeah people will buy it people just because of the it. interest of like the yes I want to see Mike Tyson right trying to knock people's heads off yeah. again and I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm sure bars will get it oh, if, well, or some stuff. If we can. If, if, if we're back. But yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's going to be a thing if and when it gets it, it gets rolling. I, I don't know. When is it scheduled for? Uh, I, don't, I don't I, well, never. I, I think they've already pushed it back. Oh, have they? Yeah. Well, we covered a lot yeah. uh, in this edition. Who knows if we'll be, we'll be back? Who knows if baseball will be back? We'll be back. Because we got hoops to talk about, that's for certain. So That is the intentional foul for this week. Uh, Again, you can find us wherever podcasts are. Uh, Like us, download, subscribe, tell your friends, whatever you got to do. Appreciate the reach outs for some folks. Absolutely. As always. We're trying to navigate this just like anybody else and find stuff to talk about. So We apologize, but not really, for not doing it every week. No, we don't. We (laughs) We apologize for nothing. So... I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Go Brewers. Go Bucks.